It's a Jackalope Carnival. Jack, Jack, Jackalope. Jackalope Carnival. Hello and welcome to a very special bonus holiday episode of Jackalope Carnival. I'm Becca. And I'm Eric with the special sauce. And we'll be your hosts as we count off 12 Christmassy traditions, treats, tales, and trivia. And tangerines. No, there's not any tangerines. Don't get excited. Trappist monks? <laughs> Eric's, yeah. Pop, and Trappists. Yeah, absolutely. Trapezius muscles. So why 12? Well, of course, the 12 days of Christmas. And Eric loves to go on and on about all the different <laughs> traditions surrounding Christmas. So I'm going to leave this over to him. Eric, tell us about the 12 days of Christmas. I will. So in the traditional Christian calendar, because obviously Christmas is a holiday from the Christian religious tradition, Christmas begins on the 25th of December, but the Christmas season will then continue until Epiphany. So that's the 12 days of Christmas. The 12 days of Christmas is not, as some people think, the 12 days before. That's Advent. So we are... That's more than 12 days. (laughs) That is. That is the four weeks before Christmas. And traditionally, people would spend the 12 days of Christmas celebrating and resting and, you know, kicking back and hanging out with friends and family in the winter and things like that. Until they got a visit from the three kings. Well... True that. And they would stuff things in their shoes. One thing that I like that it's a tradition from the past is a tradition that I think needs to make a bold comeback. And that is the cake on Epiphany or bean cake on Epiphany. And I don't mean cake made with beans, but to be fair, I do have a recipe from a vintage Southern American cookbook that has refried beans in the cake. And if y'all want me to share it, you can PM me on our Insta at Jackalope Carnival. Mm, I'd try that bean cake. Yeah, you probably would. I would. <laughs> and I don't mean delicious Asian red bean paste cakes either. I love those. Um, those are great. Those are great. But these would be, you know, not unlike a king cake, which is actually where this tradition comes from, but it would be a bean instead of a plastic baby. So beautiful epiphany cakes were given to guests on epiphany throughout different countries in Europe. And so we're talking about a really old tradition that would take place in different countries and have slightly different flavor, literally and figuratively. So they did have regional flavors to the cakes that were made. Um, But in general, this was a big deal. Shop windows would have these cakes. Bakers would try to outdo each other for these beautiful epiphany cakes. And so in general, in some periods of time, especially in England, the Lord of the Manor might have his surfs over for this cake, or you might have Uh, you know, your family over. So different people would have different celebrations and you'd have this cake on Epiphany. And this cake would be baked with a bean and sometimes other charms inside or sometimes a bean and a pea. But once this cake was cut, the person who was lucky enough to get that piece with the bean inside would be king of the party. Another charm might mark the queen and they would distribute the gifts, choose the games and rule the party. And I think that is a tradition that I would like to see. Do I want to be party queen? Yes. (laughs) There's probably some deeper socioeconomic commentary about class and gender reversal if we look deeper here. But this is a light holiday episode. So We wish you Saturnalia. We wish you a Saturnalia. I like the idea of choosing a ruler by cake and it 
I don't know, it probably works about as well as the Electoral College. So I'm also in for that. Fair enough. So, so that's my number that's, one or twelve if we're counting backwards. Yes, that when the when the first day of Christmas bean cake. The second day of Christmas, I want to talk about Kentucky Fried Chicken. Mm, with bean cake. If you wish to pair them, you may. But in Japan, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken is a big tradition for Christmas. Now, this is unusual because Japan is not a very Christian country. Like I said before, Christmas is a holiday season drawn from the Christian tradition, and it celebrates the birth of the central person in Christianity, Jesus. But most people in Japan, actually less than 1% of the population is Christian. So in Japan... It's more like a cultural holiday, I guess, in the same way that sometimes Americans will celebrate a obscure victory of the Mexican army over the French. Or to be fair, like a lot of people in America don't celebrate Christmas as a religious holiday either. So. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what folks do is they go and they order Kentucky Fried Chicken. They have something called a party barrel and they'll bring it home and, and eat fried chicken and, you know, have a good time. A lot of this was done by the Kentucky Fried Chicken Corporation in Japan, not surprisingly. <laughs> um, in the 70s and 80s, there was a fast food explosion in Japan. Um, not literally. Uh, that would be messy. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a joke there. Fast, I'm not making fast it. Fast food tends to have that effect on some of us. All right. Yeah, move it along. And so <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, was one of the franchises that was trying to market itself to a new audience. And so what they did is they basically sold the Japanese public on the idea that KFC is a traditional American holiday food. And to be fair, I mean, it's not, not a traditional holiday food, I guess. It's not a traditional holiday <laughs> food. I mean, Eric, you, you did a can. great job writing yourself up after my bathroom humor, but... <laughs> I mean, you can, if you want to eat fried chicken on Christmas. Oh, you can eat, yeah, okay. Okay. So, anyway, KFC in Japan is the second day of Christmas. So, <laughs> yes, when I was a little girl and I used to leave out chicken <laughs> eyes for Santa. Um, like we so, do. now while we're on the subject of holiday food, this is not going to, well, it's not going to surprise Eric, but it'll surprise the rest of you, perhaps. I admit that I like for holiday food, I like fruitcake, <laughs> but I don't just like any fruitcake. So you're like, gross, this is disgusting. So in America over the past, I don't know, 20 some years, a little cottage industry kind of built up in the US that is known as monk fruitcake. Basically, a lot of monasteries started making fruitcake to help them raise money. So you can go and order away, or sometimes you can go straight to the monasteries and have a boozy fruitcake baked in silence by some Trappist monks. <laughs> there really are Trappists in this episode. There really are Trappists. And each monastery has their own signature cake with regional flavors. Again, with the regional flavors, I just really like saying that. Like the Monastery of the Holy Spirit in Georgia, which I tried for the first time this year is a nutty pineapple cherry and peach brandy cake. Oh, that sounds good. So actually. I would eat that. It was pretty good. It was a Southern fruit cakes. So there are a lot of pecans in it. 
So that was a good one. But you can sort of do a, which I have, I will admit to doing a, a monk fruit cake taste test. My favorite is from Assumption Abbey, which is in the Missouri Ozarks. And third day of Christmas. Day of Christmas. I also should warn y'all that dense and boozy fruit cake can last for a really long time. So just keep that in mind that the alcohol and the sugar in these fruit cakes and most of these fruits that are in there are already candied and dried. Like, well, we can tell you how much, how long it'll last, but they can last without refrigeration for quite some time. And just to be clear, this is fruitcake made by monks, not fruitcake made from monk fruit. Although I'm sure someone's done that. Probably. So on the fourth day of Christmas, do you know what we have? We have saunas in Finland. In the Nordic North, nothing says Christmas like firing up the old sauna and sweating and hanging out in your sauna. But in Finland, it is more than just something that you might do for... Why do people go on saunas? Truth be told. Well, purification, relaxation. Thank you. I knew you'd have an answer. But for the Finns, it is also a way to get in touch with spiritual beings. Well, they do that too in North America. That's true. In But this is a shorter episode, so I will not elaborate. <laughs> Fair enough. In Finland, however, the you actually are inviting in the spirits of your deceased loved ones for Christmas. And then also there are elves and gnomes that have traditionally been invited to into your sauna. And there's even a name for it. I'm going to try the Finnish. I speak zero Finnish, like absolutely none. So I'm learning Norwegian. Completely different language family. I know, but I'm just like, well, I'm learning a Nordic language. <laughs> this won't help either of us for this one. No. Um, Sana Tantu? And anybody who I'm speaks sh- Finnish? I'm sure you nailed it. That was I'm n- nailed sure it. sure I did not. <laughs> I, I apologize to the country of Finland. I'm sorry. I gave it a shot. And if you want to correct us, please do. I would love to learn. So that is our next day of Christmas, saunas in Finland. I would give that one a shot. It sounds like well, Yeah, I do. And, and you know, the holidays do revolve around family and generally those living and those who have passed and how much we love them and how much they mean to us. So I do like that. In the U.S., we give gifts like in many other countries. And a lot of people, I don't know how many other countries practice this, but we have a white elephant gift exchange, which I'm told is also called a Yankee swap, but not here in North Carolina. It's not. <laughs> Folks, they exchange low-cost gifts by picking a number and then choosing from a pile of gifts. The first person picks a gift. The next person can steal the previous person's gift or choose a new gift. And sometimes it gets a little silly. Um, Sometimes it can get a little you know, competitive or mean. A lot of times people pick nice gifts. These are lower cost gifts, but they might pick something anyone could like. Most of my friend groups, there've been someone who puts in silly or gag gifts or just like things nobody would want. Okay. It's me. I I do it. I'm always the one who brings a tacky gift to a gift exchange. What's the best one you've ever brought, Becca? Ah, that's really hard to say. There was one where I found a 1960s pink turtle that was also a powder it was for dusting powder, talcum powder. I know exactly what and you mean. My mom had one people, of those. From- people fought over that thing, yeah. <laughs> and I was pretty surprised. That just gave um, me a wave of nostalgia. Wow. I was pleased with that one. I can so, still smell that. Like when you said that, I could smell it. I could smell could that memory. smell this. I could. Yeah, I actually bought it in Maryland, so go figure. 
no matter how good I am, that I think I am at keeping up the silly gift giving, a woman named Donna Mellon and her sister Charlotte from Cloquette, Minnesota, have been exchanging the same gift, a fruitcake, since 1951. So remember I told you all fruitcake can last a while? Well, as John Lauritsen reported in 2018, in 1950, the sisters were each given a fruitcake by their beloved grandmother. And while they loved their grandmother, the cake was dry, and Donna tried it first. Oh, she didn't like it. So she warns her sister Charlotte, don't eat that cake grandma made us. It's not good. And so Charlotte heeds the warning, but she saves the cake. And the next year, she wraps it as a present for her sister. Well... That was 1951. In 1952, Donna gives the cake back to Charlotte and a tradition was born. The sisters has disguised the cake in a hollowed out book, (laughs) in wine bottles. They've put it in a bird feeder and left it on the other sister's lawn. They've even tried shipping the cake from out of state or from outside of the U.S. to throw the other one off. So they've done this for at least 68 years. I'm not sure if they're still around, but that kind of commitment is admirable. So I hope they are. Good job. I hope they are. I hope they're still sending that cake. I agree. So on the sixth day of Christmas, we will talk about Kali Anka. And now I can use your language skills because uh, this is from Sweden. So I'm sure your Norwegian language studies would help me with this. Um, there's actually an entire phrase in front of me. Kalianka. <laughs> it's close, right? Kalianka ok vinir Oscar Gudjul. I think I just got that terribly wrong, and I apologize to our Swedish listeners and Norwegian listeners. But Kalianka is a Christmas special that airs every December 24th at 3 p.m. in Sweden. This tradition goes back to the 1960s when it first aired on Swedish television. And back then, there weren't a lot of things being broadcast actually anywhere in the world. It isn't like today where you have hundreds of channels. But since that time, this Christmas special, which is a Disney special, has become one of the defining traditions of the season. And apparently, at least according to Jeremy Stahl in a 2009 Slate article, the entire country pretty much just comes to a standstill while this special is on. Between 40 and 50% of the country gathers around TVs to watch it. And apparently no business is done while the TV show is on. So if you need to get something from the store, you're just going to have to wait a couple hours until the special is over. No flying Jacob for you. All right. Well, we have a lot of Christmas films and movies here too in America. And a lot of what folks see, I would say in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. as like iconic images of Christmas involve New York City from lights in Central Park to the Rockefeller Center. It seems like there are a lot of holiday movies that at least start there or have centered there. And if you head to New York City in December, you'd better bring your red suit and reindeer because each December, New York City is the largest venue for SantaCon in the world. SantaCon started in San Francisco, um, but it is held other places. Like I said, New York has the largest one. It's a parade, pub crawl, and all-around street revel where thousands of folks dress up in cloth clothes or other holiday apparel and take to the streets and party, sometimes a little too hard. Sometimes things get a little rowdy and vomitous. But if things are a little too rowdy for you, you could always head to the calm of the Metropolitan Museum of Art and see our favorite holiday treat 
fruitcake mummified circa the 15th century BC. And that was left, this piece of fruitcake was left as spirit food in the tomb of a prominent elderly woman named Hatnifer. But SantaCon happens all over the U.S. And that means that if you go to the one in D.C., you can visit fruitcake that went to space on the Apollo 10 and 11 missions. Space fruitcake. That's our band name for the day. (laughs) Really? Because the next one is going to give it a run for its money. And that is on the eighth day of Christmas, we have Yule Cat. Yule Cat and the fruitcake from space. Absolutely. That's uh, that is one Christmas concert that I would I would go watch. Move over, Mannheim Steamroller. Did you say claws clothes too? <laughs> was that phrase uttered? Yes, it was. That's awesome too. So Yule Cat is no mere Christmas cat. This cat is the size of a barn and he is not playing with you. If you dare to go outdoors on Christmas Day in Iceland, and you don't have new socks on specifically or new clothes on in general, you could get munched by this building-sized feline. So do beware. Day eight is Yule Cat. So for number nine, there's a couple things. So you want to have a snack? Well, sometimes that snack can tell the future. So this isn't exactly <laughs> for Christmas. <laughs> sometimes that snack can tell the future. That's right. So in, in England, it said, and I looked at reports of this, so I actually don't know the veracity of this because I couldn't find dates. I couldn't find, but apparently it was a common folk tradition for encouraging unmarried people at your wedding to then put a slice of the cake, which was a fruit cake at the time. That was a popular wedding cake under their pillow at night. So they could dream about the person they would be betrothed to later. So you get a little <laughs> snack, you put it under your pillow. I don't think you it had like, anything to do with the booze it was loaded with. You got like, I'm just imagining like boozy cakes smeared into your sheets. It's just gross. Your, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll have like the picture of them. It's like tea leaves. <laughs> like you can see like the outline of something. So, you know, visions of sugar plum, the scent of fruitcake. I'm not sure how visions that works. Visions of sugar but... plum smeared in your hair. All right. And the next one. Divination with fruitcake. Divination with fruitcake. All right. On the 10th day of Christmas, we have roller skating in Caracas, Venezuela. Apparently. you got to work off that fruitcake somehow. <laughs> So if you are in Caracas, Venezuela, it has become a tradition that uh, you get up and go to early morning mass starting in the middle of December and going through till Christmas or even possibly Epiphany, I'm guessing. You would go to Misa de Aguinaldo or early morning mass. Here's the tradition. You actually go roller skating to early mass with your friends. And to make sure this is the most adorable part. I just love this. To make sure that you're not late, you will tie a string to your big toe, a couple of articles said, and then dangle the end of the string out the window. And that way, if your friends are skating by and they see that your string is still dangling out the window, that means you haven't gotten up yet. They will tug on the string and get you up so you can get strap those skates on and get to mass. And work off that fruitcake. Number 10 was your roller skating. I like it. What's on the 11th day of Christmas? Well, apparently some people don't like fruitcake. What? What is this craziness? (laughs) So an often quoted joke of the late comedian and television host, Johnny Carson. He said that the worst gift is fruitcake. There's only one fruitcake in the entire world and people keep sending it to each other. Now, while clearly that was the case with our fruitcake sisters, (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, you know, I think that those monks are making individual fruitcake by hand. Some of them supervised by Brother Patrick. So our uh, Georgia website tells us. But um, it's not a wildly popular opinion to love fruitcake. So what happens if you get a fruitcake for Christmas and you hate it? Well, there are all kinds of ideas out there and they're a web search away. So you can just look it on up. But far more fun is participating in the Great Fruitcake Toss in Manitou Springs, Colorado. Um, I love Manitou Springs. It's a charming and quirky town. It has a special place in my heart. Um, I actually have some great Christmas memories from Manitou. But they, so it's not really surprising that they host a festival that lets you toss, throw, or yeet your cake as far from your mouth as possible. So if you get a wretched cake, not monk cake. You can head on over to Manitou and be one of hundreds who participate in this festival, which has been going on for the past 27 years and included hand throwing, catapulting, and mechanical and robot hurling of cake. So the 11th day of Christmas, we see fruitcake hurling. And then on the 12th and final day of Christmas, we have a bear dance. In a As you do. Sure. Uh, in a particular valley in Romania, there has been a traditional bear dance for a number of decades now where people wear actual bear skins. They're really oh. convincing looking. Well, like, so here's the funny thing or the interesting thing, I guess. Like no, everywhere else Otis. in the world. <laughs> like everywhere else in the world, you know, they've placed uh, limits on the amount of animals that, you know, are going to be killed for fur. And so these these fur skins have been passed down generation to generation because, you know, no one's killing any new bears to, to make new ones. So they're very expensive, actually, and they've become heirlooms. Uh, folks dance around with these bear costumes. The pictures are amazing. And the tradition is said to go back to a time when Roma people would come to town in the winter and the local townspeople would pay the Roma people to let their bear cubs walk up and down their backs because that was supposed to be a cure for a backache. We want to thank you for listening and we hope that you have a great holiday season. And also we want to tell you, we're going to go on our little hiatus. This is the end of our second season and we will be back uh, probably in a couple months with some new things such as an improved website, more social media presence and artwork. Indeed. So folks, please tune in, keep an eye on us. Uh, you can look at, Jackalope Carnival, either on our own website, which right now isn't much to look at, but hopefully that will not be true for much longer. It'll be something you need to look at or on Instagram. And also, apparently, we have a Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Although neither one of us actually curate that. So it's a mystery to everyone. Anyhow. Hey, did you know that Beat Willie has a new Christmas single? Do you remember how Beat Willie did that song for us when we got the Biederman Leech contract a few years ago? Oh, right. The Biederman Leeches. They can't be beat. They can't. And so I will um, play us out with uh, the new Beat Willie three-chord Christmas is what they call this single. It's a hearkening back to a acoustic punk era. Uh, but you can hear it yourself on any of the major outlets, uh, Spotify, Apple iTunes, and the rest. Look it up and enjoy your holiday, folks, and take care. Well, I do. Gifts to buy, I got bills to pay. 
But I had no plan till I found this guitar to play. Now I sit outside all December long. Stuck here playing three chord Christmas songs. It was cold when someone spiked my Fanta. Then I got canned from my job as a mall Santa. Had to find another plan. Then I saw a guitar sticking out of a garbage can. Wrote a song for you, it might come out wrong. Here it is, my three chord Christmas song. Jackalope Carnival. We wish you a merry, 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 merry